Welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Ooh, welcome back into the Sports Buffoon Studios, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We have the full clan back together all in the same house once again. Oh my god, it is Jason JG and Tanner Dawson. What's up, fellas? What's up, everybody? What's up, yes all? And it's a brand new year. I mean, it it's 2022. Let's make this 2022, not 2022 again, if you know what I'm saying. So uh, with with that said, I mean, hopefully we can get the, you know, the Chiefs getting a little better, get, you know, get start getting on back on the win streak coming up. Of course, we have a lot to talk about today about uh, champs or chumps, right, Tanner? That's right. Champs or chumps. Champs or We're chumps. Frauds, chumps. Sure. It's the same old thing. Right. Some of our predictions about who's going to actually be going to the Super Bowl this season, as well as Jason's favorite topic, the NBA, of course is once back again a part of the podcast. So it's I'm sure that you're, time of year. you're excited for that, aren't you? We, we have <clears throat> great topics for the NBA coming up in the next few weeks, for sure. I've been waiting mm-hmm. on it the whole season. Yeah, if you heard Tanner, your, your daughter just yelled out of excitement for NBA discussions. So I'm glad <laughs> she can help fill in my shoes every once in a while since I am the NBA buffoon. It's uh, probably Chiefs. So I'll, I'll let her come and take my place for <laughs> some of the NBA discussions later on, but... Um, guys, uh, beginning a new year. I mean, do you guys have any New Year's resolutions, or is that not something you believe in? It's nothing I really stick to or believe in. I don't. I, I do have a re- resolution, actually. I, I want to make more money at the casino than I did last year. <laughs> it's very yeah. simple. You yeah. got to keep it simple, stupid. And so far, you're already keep up, it right? Simple, stupid. Yeah. I yeah. So far, I'm definitely up. So far, you and I are both two for two at the gas station casino. <laughs> so that's what matters, right? <laughs> That's all that matters. You got to be in profit. You gotta Gas be in station profit. casino down the street. What are you sipping on, guys? I got <clears throat> the Duke whiskey here. Is that a rye or a bourbon? It's a rye. Rye whiskey. Okay. It's really good. It's on the rocks. On the it, rocks. Doing it classy like Tanner does. Nice. What are you drinking, Jason? I'm going with a wild turkey I haven't had in a long, long time. It's one of my favorite. Dude, it's an old classic for me. That's what I'm drinking right now, too. So it's going to carry me through the hour long of this show. That's right, boys. I said hour, not an hour and 30, not an hour and 20, one hour long goddamn show. So uh, let's make well, sure we Jason, spit it in. let's take care of this. <laughs> All right, well, Tanner. I'll go with 59 minutes. <clears throat> 59 that, minutes sounds good to me. On. But with that said, then if we're going to do that, we got to kick this thing off, right? Kick it off. I mean, real quick here, too. Like, let's, we talked about what we're doing today here, as you can see above on the screen. Um, of course, we got frauds, champs for frauds. We got Chiefs to talk about, lots and lots of Chiefs, and yep. of course the NBA. So lots of Chiefs today. And of course, before we do begin our first segment, please subscribe, like, and hit that but- bell button so you guys know when we are live here because we might have some things coming up here come playoff time. You never know. So should we? Which one we started here? We jump in jump, the champs, champs and fr- or frauds or frauds. Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys, so NFL playoff path is starting to come to a close. We're in the last week of things. Um, there's a f- still a few, quite a few teams fighting for playoff spots in the AFC. Um, but the NFC is pretty much wrapped up <clears throat> minus one spot, right? So the Eagles just got the sixth seed, so now we got the seventh seed. And the 49ers and Saints are essentially fighting for that. 49ers have the Rams this week, Saints with the Falcons. Um so that's that's going to be great TV, period, no matter what, because 49ers did beat the Rams early on in the season. Packers did clinch number one, so we're not worried about that. AFC side guys, Colts, Chargers, Raiders, Ravens, Steelers are somehow all hanging around. Um, and the Chargers, Raiders got flexed to Sunday night. They do play each other. And the Ravens, Steelers play each other as well. So basically, we have at least two sets of games that if they want a shot at the playoffs – they got to win. And then, of, cor- of course, of course, the Colts got the Jaguars at the Jaguars, and they haven't won a game at Jacksonville since, what was it, 2015? 2014. 2014? Yeah. I think 2014, which is insane, right, to think about. So we'll see. The Colts just lost to the Raiders, for God's sake. So anything can happen now uh, along with that. So, But we're not going to worry about those 
playing teams here. We're going to worry about everybody that's clinched to playoff berth and if they're going to be champs or if they're frauds. I'm just going to quick round table here, guys. Um, you know, we'll, we'll start in the NFC because that's a little bit more solidified up here. Packers just clinched uh, the number one seed last week with their win against the Vikings. They got the Lions, of course, week 18, but it doesn't matter. Sounds like Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Um, hopefully they rest at least the second half of this game. We're going to start right at the top. Are the Packers champs or are they frauds? Jason, what do you got? Well, when I look at the Packers, I mean, they have the league MVP on their team. And we were talking about this earlier. I think that Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams is probably the best quarterback wide receiver combo in the NFL. And their defense has been pretty good so far this year. There's, I know there's a lot of Aaron Rodgers haters out there that think that he shouldn't win the MVP or whatever, but I mean, he's playing as, as good as he ever has uh, basically in his whole life. And so uh, these guys are for real. And, I, and if I'm trying to rank teams that are Super Bowl contenders or if they're fakes, I mean, we all know that Green Bay is probably at, at least a top three team, top four team in the NFL. So they're for real. So I'm taking the, the Green Bay Packers for sure. Champs. 100%. I mean, they got to go in the champs category because, you know, the, taking this whole game here playing into a certain perspective, I might have more than two champs. I might have one, more than one champ, obviously. Correct. Green Bay is is real. They are champs. They are my Super Bowl team at this point because this team would be actually 14-2 and two right now if Rodgers had played back on, I think, November 7th against the Chiefs. In that game, where the Chiefs only scored 13 points, yes. trust me, Aaron Rodgers would have done a little better than Jordan Jordan Love that day. So, Green Bay is for real; they are champs. Aaron Rodgers has only thrown four interceptions, guys, yeah. the whole season. Two of them was Week One. So essentially, you take Week One out, he's thrown two interceptions, right? Which is ridiculous, and, and it's nuts because he does this almost consistently year to year as far as yeah. low interception totals. But the last couple of years, in particular. He's playing the most efficient football in the history of the league, I would say. Yeah, and he said he did a lot of prep, um, you know, throughout last season as well, uh, just to get back to that 2017 form. And obviously he's doing really well. So uh, Packers, of course, are champs for me as well. There's no reason not to say it. They they just clinched up the number one seed, the only number one seed to clinch because the AFC side still figuring it out. So Packers are champs. Next up, guys, currently number two seed. Rams, Los Angeles Rams. They beat the Vikings, weeks 8-16. They beat the Ravens, barely beat the Ravens. Week 17, Stafford struggled again with a couple interceptions. Uh, they got the 49ers, who did take care of him uh, the first time around. That's the Los Angeles Rams with all those big names, all the trades they made, no first-round picks until, what, 2028 or whatever. Are they champs or are they frauds? I'm going to go with champs here. I mean, you look at the game that they've got coming up against the Niners. I mean, I think the Niners have a chance to beat them in this game. But, I mean, as the number two seed overall right now, I mean, I'm not worried about them. I love what they're doing with Matthew Stafford this year. I mean, he's taken a step forward, obviously, in his career, and he's helped the Rams to take a step forward versus what they were with Jared Goff. Um, they're 12 and four right now. I like the defense. So to me, they're a contender. So I'm going to go with champs here on the Rams. Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Cause the Rams are one of the most talented teams in the entire league, top to bottom. We look at the defense as well as the offense production. Um, they got their X factor that's here every once in a while to make deep plays Van Jefferson, but Odell Beckham's really coming to his own with the team now. Really has. And so I think Stafford's playing well, like overall it's just a well-rounded team. And if you look at the teams that they've lost to, I mean, they're not out there losing to a bunch of bums a bunch of, you know, all these weeks. I mean, the Packers are a team they lost to. They lost to the 49ers, um, who were, are 9-7 and seven right now. Um, and let's see, one of their other losses throughout the year was to the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's – I can't remember the other one they lost. But uh, Titans. 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 Okay, so they're losing to at least legitimate teams. All these teams are above 500. So they're not going out there getting their asses kicked by a bunch of teams who have no business, you know, even competing against them. You know, like we see certain teams in the AFC – go out there, like the Titans, for instance, mm-hmm. lose to the Jets, or you know, some teams might be losing to the Jaguars. It's like, why are you losing to these crappy teams? I know it's the NFL, but really you should be beating the bad teams of the league. 
So the Rams Badly. for me, yeah. consistently are beating, going, doing their job against lesser teams while also fighting and competing against teams that are on their same level. So they're, they are champs for me. Yeah. I'm going to say champs as well. They got Ken Makers starting to come back. He's going to play a little bit this uh, next week here. Uh, that'll be kind of nice to see a little bit of run game compliment Sony Michelle. Of course. Sony Michelle's done a great job, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, he's really stepped up after Henderson went down and he hasn't looked back, which is exactly what they traded for. So I'm going to go Rams, guys. They are in the champs as for me as well. All right. Next up, the defending champs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Antonio Brown meltdown. Uh, Mike Evans, uh, of course, is still there. They're without Chris Godwin. Uh, Rob Gronkowski looks like Rob Gronkowski from the old, from old. So, which is kind of nice to see. Um, but they don't have Leonard Fournette still out, possibly till playoff time. Um, Ronald Jones is currently in a walking boot. So you got Vaughn, um, and I think that's I don't know who else is behind him because Bernard's or Giovanni's out as well. So the run game could struggle. So that leaves a lot of pressure on Tom Brady, and that defense also is beat up as well. A couple linebackers sat out last week. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of looking slim for these guys going into a playoff push, but you never know with Tom Brady. Champs, champs are frauds. Buccaneers, they got the Panthers this week to finish out the season. Yeah, I'm going to go with fraud. I don't see them as a contender right now. And as you stated, Tanner, they are banged up right now, and I do believe that's their biggest problem. Um you know, but they also have the Antonio Brown situation. It's kind of turned them into a circus show over the past few days. Uh, but being banged up is not going to help you for sure if you have to go into a rematch of the NFC Championship game against the Green Bay Packers, mm-hmm. if they even make it that far. I mean, I, I, I don't have the Bucks necessarily even make it to the NFC Championship game. So, you know, Mike Evans with that uh, hamstring injury, I mean, those don't heal fast. He probably shouldn't have been out there last week because obviously he was not 100%. They shouldn't have had him out there. But, I mean, I I like their backup receivers, but I don't like them that much. Like, they they can step up and make plays here and there, but it's not like a championship-level team. And and you saw – so, on top of that, right, you saw the way Tom Brady struggled uh, against when he was playing uh, the – Panthers the first time around and they he struggled he, he didn't have Mike Evans Godwin was out uh no sorry it was the Saints that's who it was mm-hmm. uh Godwin was Godwin got hurt Evans got hurt Tony Brown was still out there's your three big main guys Rob Gronkowski had one or only one catch that game and they ended up losing badly the first time Tom Brady's been shut out in like 15 years or something like that and you saw you saw that with the backup receivers the backup tight ends without the weapons Tom looked average, which is weird. So, yeah, no, that's a great point, too, because what if Mike Evans gets hurt? What if his hamstring gets worse? They don't sit him out. So it's All right. At this point, they relied question. on Antonio Brown to now be the WR1 going forward as the postseason rolls Correct. around while Evans works through his injury. Antonio Brown is now no longer going to be on this team or in the NFL, for that matter, um, going forward, in my opinion. Uh, now, as far as I've seen, he's not officially been released. I don't know no, why. They're, but... I think they're working on an NFL commission situation, like mm-hmm. making sure they can try to get their money back. Right. So, But they can't put him on IR because right. then that justifies Antonio Brown's case. Right. So no. you're kind of stuck with him as a roster. Spot. No, I, th- I think they could bring him back. and that, This is a whole other story. But, you know, <laughs> we all know Bruce Arians doesn't care what the media thinks about him. So there is a scenario out there. I'm not saying it's going to happen where Antonio Brown says, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to play now, and they, they let him come back. It's I like mean, a Dennis Rodman situation. Yeah, I mean, he, first of all, he, <laughs> didn't, he didn't do anything wrong, right? Like, we all know Rodman back in the day in the NBA, he took his shirt off all the time, no big deal. Now all of a sudden Antonio Brown, oh, my gosh, I've never seen anything like this before. It's, it's really not <laughs> that. Parade it out, though. It, it's not that big of a deal as people make He's, it out to be. However – you know, he, he's not going to be on an NFL team this year, and the Bucks are going to release him. Okay. Uh, anyways, guys, the fact of the matter is the Buccaneers lost to the Saints twice this year and to the Washington football team as well this year. So um, good teams shouldn't be losing games like that. And so I think I look at this look at this whole team in this situation currently now, they've gotten worse as time's gone on. And I think they're very beatable, especially if you compare them to teams like Packers and Rams and so on. I think the, the Bucks. Uh, I mean, this this rain right now is over, 
And so we'll see if Tom comes back for year number 45 of his life to play football once again. They are, to me, frauds at this point. Uh, until Tom Brady retires, guys, the Bucks are champs, period. I don't care. They, they're going to be in the championship contender. So they're currently, if they stick where they're at, they play the Eagles, which is a beatable team. Sure, of we course. All know this. Yeah. So, I mean, that gets them part. But I'd say champs for me. Uh, Cowboys, guys. Dallas Cowboys here. Um, they're such an inconsistent team. It's like they're on for two weeks and off for one, whatever whatever that is. They got the Eagles this week as well. I mean, do we consider the Cowboys champs? Cowboys are a fraud. And the main reason why they're a fraud is because they have a, a really good quarterback, but they don't have a great quarterback. They have kind of a mediocre coach, but they don't have a good coach. Yeah. And so that's the biggest issue for me with the Cowboys is that, yeah, they're a good team, but if you're going to be a champ, you got to be great. If you don't want to just make it to a Super Bowl, you got to be great. And so I, I don't trust the Cowboys at all. I mean, I love the roster, and maybe there's a few tweaks they can do during the offseason, but uh, I, don't, I don't trust the coach. And, you know, I, 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 I trust Dak to a certain extent, but not if we're talking about being a, a Super Bowl champion. So for me, they are frauds. Yeah, I feel the same way because of the inconsistency. And I think Mike McCarthy is a very overrated head coach as well. Uh, I see them losing to teams that they shouldn't be losing to throughout the season. Obviously, Broncos and Raiders are to name. Chiefs scored 19 on them, got a victory on that one. Uh, only put up nine points on Dallas's in there against the Chiefs mm-hmm. at that point of the season. Uh, but I just think that's the biggest problem is inconsistency. When you look at the coaching and consistency of some of the other teams in the NFC, you know, I, I think that honestly, Packers, Rams, Cardinals, or even the Bucks could all beat the Cowboys uh, in the playoffs if it came down to it. So, uh, to me, at this point, they look good on paper at 11 and 5, but they are going to be frauds. I agree. They're, there's just too many inconsistencies. They have such great weapons at wide receiver, though. It's just amazing that the fact that they're they're not any better. And they have two good running backs too, Tony Pollard, yeah, of course, Tony is Pollard great. and Zeke. And the defense is opportunistic. I'll put it that mm-hmm. way. Obviously, they got one of the better uh, playmaking corners that we've seen in a long time as, as a rookie. He was up there with the Marcus Peters. Of the world play as a naked. rookie, yeah, yeah, you know, kind naked. of that style where Peters gave up some plays every once in a while, but you forgive him because so, so did Diggs. I mean, so it's Diggs, but so that's yeah. the point. Yeah, it's it, I mean Parsons is on COVID now, so he'll be back for the playoffs at least. So, it guys, Cowboys, I just too too many consistent losses. You shouldn't be losing certain teams. Uh, I'm gonna go frauds for me for the Cowboys. All right, next up, Arizona Cardinals, guys. They were number one on our power rankings forever until. The downfall after they got healthy? Whatever reason. What do you got, Jason? No, they're frauds this year. I mean, if we're looking long-term, I mean, yeah, I think they're Super Bowl contenders. But for this year, my biggest problem with them is that they they peaked at the wrong time, which was early in the season. They started out hot. And as far as medium to long-term, I love Kyler Murray. And I I love their coaching staff and everything they're doing over there, Um, the, the wide receivers. But... Um, they peaked at the wrong time, and I, I think that it, it's too late for them. I think they, they should at least win a playoff game this year. But if you're talking about competing with, like, the Green Bay Packers or the Rams, they're they're not going to have what it takes, at least for this year. And so, for me, they're a fraud. My- I'll, I'll put it this way. They're better to me than the Bucks and the Cowboys. And I think this is a team that has more upside than either one of those two teams at this point in the season, uh, just because of the talent they have both offensively and defensively. And so I just feel like, you know, there's a, there's a chance here I want to give them, even as a five seed, the champs label. But I just can't because these types of teams that I've talked about, you don't lose to the Card or you don't lose to the Lions, excuse me. And you don't go out and then lose to the Panthers as well. And so those are two teams. If you're champs, that doesn't happen. Like good, good teams don't lose to bad teams. And Panthers and Lions are both trash. And so to me, at this point in the season, you got to put them in the fraud category. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Look, one player actually does make a difference on this team. And with no hop, no D-hop, this team is frauds. This team is frauds. They don't. They lack the weapons. A.J. Green is not A.J. Green of old by any means. They don't have another weapon there. Um, they're, they're healthy and running back. Fabulous. You got Zach Ertz. Great. You, you can't go deep. You can't go deep on this team. And they almost lost to the Cowboys this past weekend after they were up big. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going frauds. 
just for the fact that without D-Hop, guys, you, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. All right, guys, finally, Philadelphia Eagles. This, I mean, this is pretty should be pretty easy here. Jalen Hurts actually was a lot better than we thought this year would be. Uh, but, I mean, Eagles, I'm going frauds on them. Right, Jason? Yeah, they're frauds. I mean, Hurts, to me, is a little bit of an overachiever. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised at, at what he's done Same. this year. Same. But, um, you know, congratulations. You guys are a wild card team in the NFC East. You know, <laughs> go F yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what they deserve. I mean, all of Philadelphia does, right? <laughs> but, that's about right. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, they're the seventh seed, whatever. They're Sixth not, seed. Six, I have seventh seed on my list. Seventh seed. Uh, well, maybe I the 49ers Saints I, might pass them up. Because 49ers Saints is the seven. Okay. So one of those two teams would be. Well, yeah, Philly is the currently, they're, they're currently the seventh seed. but Okay. So it means yeah. 49ers Saints would take the sixth seed. I got you. I got you. It's weird. But, right, uh, right now the 49ers are the sixth seed right now. But anyways, guys, that's besides the point. Be the yeah. Eagles are frauds. They are not champs by any means. No, no, I'm with you. All right, AFC is a lot shorter list, guys. I mean, we could probably make this pretty quick because I feel like there's a lot of good teams here as well. Tennessee Titans start at the top. Derrick Henry's coming back. They started him and practice already today. Uh, it sounds like he won't play in Week 18, of course, but he should be ready for playoff time if they get that bye. I mean, even, I don't even know. Even if they don't get that by, do you think the Titans are champs? I'm going to go with champs here, but only because the AFC is so wide open. I mean, between like COVID cases and injuries and what have you. I mean, everybody is looking at the Bengals right now thinking that they're a contender and Joe Burrow's injured. So, I mean, anything can happen at this point in the AFC. And so that's why I would say, yeah, I mean, they're – they're a championship contender for sure, especially the likes of Derrick Henry coming back. Now he's he'll definitely be on a snap count this week, but if you have a guy like Derrick Henry in the playoffs, anything is possible for the Titans. So uh, I think obviously as the number one seed, yeah, they're a little bit overrated at this point, but for me, I'm going to go champs for the Titans. Here's the thing. Derrick Henry could come back and we don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. Is he going to be, back to his old self and walk in right away and be running over guys again and breaking out 70 yard runs, even though he's huge. Um, Cause it's such, so rare to see, or is he going to come back and be a little slower, have, have a step miss, but he's back because the, the Titans need him so badly. You know, they need him just for the sake of even having any potential to go further into the playoffs from where they're currently looking at. Cause without him, I think that's a very, very beatable team that scares really no one. Um, so for me right now, the Titans, I cannot look at them and say that they're champs. To me, they are actually frauds. Titans are frauds, all right. And they got Foreman, uh, who's ran really well for him since Henry's absence, so that could be a kind of scary back. It's not the too. same thing. They do have Deontay Foreskin. Can I just throw that nickname? <laughs> I was going to say. My but... old Foreskin. <laughs> my old favorite Foreskin. All right, uh, Titans for me, guys. Um, I really think they're frauds. I just – I just can't believe in him here. Derrick Henry's not going to be the same. There's no way he's the same coming into a playoff game, even with the bye. I just don't believe in them right now, so I'm, I'm going frauds. Chiefs, guys, Chiefs. I just can't see Chiefs. We're going to talk a lot more, and that's very shortly here. Uh, I mean, I think we should be all in agreement here. I think, believe the Chiefs are champs. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, you're all healthy pretty much. Clyde should be back for the playoffs as well. T- uh, Tyree Kill, Travis Kill, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're a championship contender. I mean, they've been there and done that. I mean, we don't have too many questions about their experience versus some of these other contenders that we'll talk about in the AFC. So, yeah, they're definitely uh, championship contenders for me um, just because of their experience. And, you know, they've, they've basically been the favorites in the AFC for, for the better part of the year even after they started out slow. So, yep. yeah, I'll go champs here. Yeah, there's only two teams in the AFC for me that falls in the champ category. And when you look at the Chiefs, eight-game win streak we just came off of uh, due to some really, really shitty officiating. And as you can hear, Tinsley knows all about that too, yelling upstairs. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. But, yeah, the Chiefs are champs. And, um, yeah, I think we'll talk more about that here in a few minutes. Yep, champs for me as well. Bengals, Joe Burrows hurt, Joey Mixon's. On uh, COVID, the, I don't know. I wasn't really impressed with them. Like, they got some great playmakers. They got some good key pieces that could happen. But I, I, I think the Bengals are frauds this year. 
plain and simple. They do still got a chance to win for the number one seed, but it sounds like they're not going to try to go for it. So um, they're going to rest their players. So I'm going to go frauds for Bengals. I just don't believe in the consistency of this team as well. Yeah, the Bengals are frauds this year. Uh, moving forward, we all know what they're capable of. Um, with, they can be uh, dangerous with Joe Burrow. And so, you know, moving forward next couple of years, yeah, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. But this year, I'm not sure about Joe Burrow's injury. And uh, for me, I mean, that last game, that was their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be riding high into the playoffs no matter what happens in this next game against the Browns. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to go very far in the playoffs. So for me, they're frauds. Yeah, I think the Bengals are a fun team to watch. Though. They're I mean, obviously, they're explosive. Yeah. they got playmakers as far as at the receiver position. Mixon looks like he's finally having fun. Uh, the defense still is average to below average at times. And so I think that's a big concern when you look at the playoffs and everything like that. Uh, obviously, we have our feelings about the way things should have gone down in the game uh, this past weekend. But to me, the Bengals are a good team for the future, obviously. I, like, I think Burrow's really coming into his own. Jamar Chase looks like he's going to be great for a long time. You know, up there with the Justin Jefferson type of a young guy that's going to come out and put up big numbers next year too. But they're frauds yeah. this year. Yeah. Uh, Bills. Bills. Our Josh Allen, do you think he can do it? Do you think that defense can actually play and contain these guys? They got a running game starting to go, uh, which is kind of nice to see. But, I mean, Bills, champs, frauds. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go champs here only okay. because – they they've been in that playoff setting before, and they're trying to ne- they're trying to take the next step forward. I, I do trust Josh Allen to put them into contention, and um, you know, like I said earlier, as wide open as the AFC is, uh, you got to put the Bills up there. Mike was saying that he only has three championship contenders. Well, I'm, or he's only got two. I'm going to go with three. I've got Tennessee, the Chiefs, and Buffalo. Just because you know Buffalo, we all trust. We all trust in Josh Allen mm-hmm. today. I think to take the next step forward, even though he's not like you know, we don't believe in him as being like the next Patrick Mahomes or anything. Correct. But uh, he has he has the ability. He's like got an amazing arm and he can run. He can run like crazy. So yes, he, they can. are a threat. <laughs> Buffalo is a threat. So I'm going to go champs here. Yeah, you know, they say, and it still holds true even today, that I think, you know, defensive play does win championships. And the Bills lead the entire league in defensive yards per play allowed. And so they're actually above the Patriots in that ranking, which we all look at the Patriots and go, oh, they lead the league in points allowed. But on a per-play basis, Buffalo's the best. And so I think taking that now, going against great offenses in the AFC, you know, even if they have to play the Bengals or play the Chiefs at some point in the postseason, that's going to be tough for sure to be able to go against that. And we already saw the Chiefs once against Buffalo early in the season and get stomped, mainly because of that defense was so dominant. And so, for me, the Bills are absolutely champs. If it's not the Chiefs, it's the goddamn Bills. Yeah, and, and a defensive-minded coach, mm-hmm. which is very important. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm putting them in my champs category as well, just for all the reasons you said. Um, they also got the great Stephon Diggs in there, who's been kind of inconsistent this year, but he's I think he's starting to hit step back up too, and Josh Allen's going to be looking for him. So Another fun stat, though. They've only allowed 11 passing touchdowns this season. That's 11 insane. for the entire year. That's that's nuts. That's, that's insane. That's the best in the league. <laughs> Next closest is the Rams at 15. So Wow. Keep that in perspective. That just blew my mind. That just blew my mind. All right. Uh, Patriots, guys, final one. Champs, frauds. I'm going frauds just for the fact that I don't believe if Mac Jones had to carry this team right now, I don't think he can carry this team. Plain and simple. No, they're frauds. Mac Jones is not ready. He's very ready when you're talking about regular season games, but he they're they're gonna rock his world when he gets into the playoffs. And yeah. so as much as I trust Belichick and I trust that roster overall, I mean they they, they could probably win a playoff game this year, but they could probably sneak uh, one they're, in. They're not gonna be a contender by any stretch of the no. imagination. And and that'll come eventually with Mac Jones, I think. You know, in the next few years. I mean, he's he's got a good season at yeah, least to build I th- upon. I think there's promise for Mac Jones is the thing, but I yeah, I just don't feel like I'm confident to go with that. It's not going to happen right now. You're not, you're not a champion. Might happen later. It's not going to happen right now. Yeah, I mean, a great defense still on this team. Pretty good running game. But, yeah, the Mac Jones is not ready yet for being put in that position, going out and trying to be a championship team. Uh, they could go playoffs and – Probably get bounced out in the first week or two, but I don't see him going very far at all. So they are frauds to me. Well, guys, that's chance frauds here. 
on the sports buffoons here. Guys, make sure you like, subscribe, follow if you haven't already. Um, and then we'll we'll talk a lot more playoffs come next Wednesday uh, as this weekend solidifies the rest of the playoff bracket. So this is exactly what's happening on. Yeah, Tanner, that was a very girthy uh, segment we just had. It was. It was a little um, uh, girthier. I didn't expect as much wisdom from you guys. Wisdom, huh? To be honest with you. Uh, you guys actually had some really good points in your thing. So sure, I, I mean. I was I was kind of shocked to hear that much coming out. And you want to have topics, Tanner. You know we're going to bring the A game. I love it. Even though we're playing slots at a gas station, we're still going <laughs> to right. bring the A game on Wednesdays hey, as much as possible. 40 cents, 36 bucks. It's worth it, right? I was down to a dollar, and then I still came out with thirty-six bucks. I'm happy with that. You know, it's I'll all about priorities. Like that, we're talking about a sports show. It's all about priorities. You got to get get that shit straightened out. Tanner, I think we need to talk Chiefs now. Chiefs, let's do it. So, of course, on the show here, yeah, there we go. So, Chiefs, if we have the little, you like the Patrick Mahomes with the referee next to it. You Patrick know? Mahomes with the referee next to it, yeah. giving him the. Giving him the what the hell look, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. I mean, I think it's pretty damn. fitting. I think I think we were, <laughs> I think we were all thinking the same thing this past weekend, watching one of the worst officiated games I would say of the season. Just you know, based on you know the timing of most of the uh, flags that were thrown, I would say. All right. So for for our podcast users, audio from Spotify, Apple, and all Amazon, uh, Mike is currently wearing a tinfoil hat, and he'll explain why. But this is why we started laughing. Mike is wearing a tinfoil Look, hat. Now, before we get started, I just want to point out <laughs> that we are not discriminating or making fun of people that wear tinfoil hats because I have seen them on the streets. Yes. Okay. So this is a real thing. We're not making fun of people. This is just like a thing that we're doing for the show. So. Yeah, of course. Of course. But, you know, some people out there might think I'm a little crazy. But, guys, watching the game <laughs> this past weekend reminded me of some WWE bullshit. And so seeing that all the things that went on with the referee crew in this game is just absolutely wacky. And, you know, the way the Chiefs defense went out there and made stops at the end, and yet still doesn't matter how, how well the Chiefs played, no matter how many stops they would make, oh, here comes a flag. Oh, wait, we got to have two flags. That way, you know, we got to replay the down, stuff like that. But here's what's really funny to me about the whole situation is that John Husey was actually supposed to be the head referee of this game, that he was assigned to this one. And then the morning of the game, it was announced a substitution of Ron Turbert would then be made. And this was the very first head head referee substitution of the entire season, or at least the very first surprise one, I would say. And so obviously, you know, you know, NFL teams, they scout the referees just like they scout the opponent too, right? And so you want to know what a referee crew is more more likely to call flags on. And you then are able to relay the message to some of your players of what could be getting, getting away from a little – or what you could be – getting away with more of, I guess I would say, throughout a game. Um, but here's the deal. As a head referee, Torbert might have been a scapegoat of biased officiating this season. And he might have been thrown in there for the sake of using him to be able to say, oops, my bad, just uh, we had a different referee crew and you know maybe there's just some things were a little off. Because we saw this happen to the Chiefs back in 2018 in Mexico City when they played against the LA Rams. And in that game... We saw head referees from all over the crews that we have in the NFL be put into place, and we saw flags out the ass in that game. Chiefs got screwed multiple times in that game. And so I think this is a situation here. I'm going to tell you guys a stat about Ron Torbert before we continue on. Since 2014, that's when he became a head referee, his win percentage for the home team is .67. So 67% of the time, the home team wins. That is a major advantage for the home team. Now, in sports, obviously, the home team has a slight advantage, maybe by 2%, 2 or 3% at the most. You know, even betting odds know it's roughly around, you know, 3% or so. This guy's 67% of the time the home team wins. And so, with that said, I mean, you can't look at this game and go, oh, wow, this was a, you know, fairly officiated game where, you know, obviously they were, they were making the right calls at the right times or keeping the flags put away either. So, my question for even you guys is there a potential he was paid off in this game? And do you think there's biased officiating that happens in the NFL in big moments? And what do we need to do to stop it? Yeah, so there's definitely some bias there. I'm not going to say yes or no if somebody was paid off. Um, but I'm glad that you let off with the WWE there. Because, sorry kids, the WWE is staged. And there is Dang no it. Santa Claus. 
just to throw that out there. Why you got to do that to me as well? But the, the biggest difference between the WWE and the NFL is that the WWE, since it's staged, we don't have to hold people accountable, right? In the WWE, we already know what's going to happen. In the NFL, we should hold people accountable because it's not staged. And what do we talk about every day on this show and other shows across the country? We have players that don't do their job. When I go to work, when you guys go to work doing your regular jobs every day, in most cases, we are held accountable. If we don't perform, you know, we have to give, you know, accountability to our actions. And so we question players every single day. We question coaches. How much have you heard Joe Judge get trashed over the last 24 hours? He's being held accountable. So my biggest question in this situation is, why are NFL officials not being held accountable? Mike, you and I had a, a good sit down with some NFL officials earlier, or I guess it was last year, before the season even started. And, you know, they they gave some interesting answers when they were asked questions. But um, what needs to happen to where NFL officials could be held accountable in the same way that players and coaches and all of us regular guys that do regular jobs every day, we're all held accountable, right? What needs to happen for the officials to be held accountable? Because in my eyes, I, I don't see any evidence of that. Is it just like they, they get to go, go off and hide after they make a mistake? Because when I make a mistake at my job, people hold me accountable. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, I'm fucking sick of it, right? So I, I'm, I'm sick and fucking tired of this bullshit. Somebody needs to hold these guys accountable. And so, you know, I'm going to call them out right now. And, you know, I, I hear the announcers on national television. They call them out all day long, but nothing ever happens. And so I think, you know, if you're in a situation where, you know, you've got a backup NFL official, like, is that what we were dealing with in the Chiefs game? That was a backup official? Yeah. Like, I think right. four backups. How right. in the there hell? Four, actually. Four backups. How, how in the hell does that happen? I don't know. And so I'm going to let you answer that, Tanner. But uh, frankly, you, you guys know my position. I'm fed up with it. I don't want to see it anymore. Well, one of the things I hear people talk about, Jason, with that is that if they just made NFL referees full-time officials, that that could then be used to leverage and held them accountable for mistakes. And the NFL hasn't had full-time officials, from my understanding, for a very long time. It might have been a thing at some point years ago, but you know nowadays it's a thing that's talked about, but still they're part-time workers. And so they're just not held accountable for their actions. But you can get away with it now. All you have to say is, oh, that guy had COVID or this guy had COVID. Now this guy slides in. You don't even have to have an excuse. No. And to me, that's, that's a bigger problem now than it used to be because now now we can use COVID-19 as an excuse and just slide in whoever we want. Mm -hmm. That's not fair. I'm sorry. That's just no. not fair. When I have to sit there and watch a, a false start that's not called, I mean, that's your job. Your number one job, that's the easiest job on earth, that's all you're is to at. call a false start when it happens. That's all you're looking at. And all the players see it. Everybody, Joe Burrow sees it. Joe Burrow said it in his post-game press conference. Yeah. We got some favorable calls. So if everybody in the world, including the opponent, is seeing this shit and it's not getting called, that's a big problem. And quite frankly, these guys need to be written up or fired the same way that you and me would get written up or fired if we're not doing our normal day-to-day 40-hour-per-week -day job. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's really fair. So. Mm -hmm. Your first question was, was this game biased? I'll show you a tweet here. Uh, so this was from, real quick here, the Bengals. So this is from Accountable Refs on Twitter here. Uh, the Account Table Refs. So they do graphs and stuff on it. So the Bengals gained over 60% win probability from penalties in their Week 17 win over the Chiefs. It was the third largest uh, win probability gained from penalties in any NFL game this year. And so if you look down the chart here, right, right up top is the Bengals Chiefs. Nobody is remotely close to that win probability on impacted penalties. Nobody. Philly, Washington was the closest, and that's not 
that's not even that big big a deal. Yeah, I mean, you can just see by looking at that graph there. It's not the most well put together graph, but no, I will say but at least it, it gives, gives you, you an idea. An idea how of, how much of these impact penalties right. happened. And especially uh, the timing of them, Tanner. That's my biggest point correct. is that these penalties don't just happen throughout the game randomly to where it's like, wow, we got way more penalties than the Bengals did. No, they saved a lot. They saved all that for end-of-game moments where the Chiefs would make plays and then, nope, we can't let that happen. we got to make sure we toss a flag in here to be able to stop you from you know, getting, forcing a punt or stopping on a fourth-down conversion, things like that. I mean, the Bengals had so many opportunities, and the Chiefs stepped up at the goal line. And at the end of the game, Mahomes never got another chance because they didn't allow him to. I mean, it was, it was, no. this game was dictated by the officials, just like the WWE dictates who wins every match. You know, Jason, one time you and I went to a wrestling show, and I knew the outcome of all the matches. <laughs> but you and I were betting shots anyway. So I made sure to pick who I knew was going to win because I had the advantage of knowledge of the insider knowledge of who's going to win each match. But you, you and I did it anyway because you didn't. maybe you didn't know that maybe some people are naive out there and they think it's, it's real. But – you know, this is a situation where the NFL is looking pretty fraudulent to me. Well, I, I got lucky in that instance because, you know, I we weren't betting money. So since right. I lost the bet, I got more drunk. We were so betting I actually free shots. won. I actually won because I, actually, I got more drunk. It was, it was free shots, actually, so that was, was even better. It was free so shots. Basically, it, was, it, was that, it was at the deal with me and. We got the sweet and everything. And you got locked in the bathroom. And some people do think that getting locked up in a restroom would be losing. <laughs> I, I thought of it as winning because I got more hammered. <laughs> he was well, in there all by himself. My so. point about this whole topic, guys, was I'm scared for the future of what's going to happen here in the playoffs. Because if they can do something like this here in week 17, then they can do this when it comes time for the playoffs, so, too. And you completely organize and structure. I, I do have a, a solution game. for you. It involves probably a lot of fines happening but as in the nba guys need to use the platforms andy Reid needs to use his platform bill belichick needs his platform some of the big big names in the nfl right now need to use that need to use that platform to be able to do that so oh yeah i mean they, 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 they can't you be heard, afraid but, of fines but here's the thing you heard andy Reid this week after the game mm-hmm. say look i don't want to be fined so i'm just not going to say anything about the rest but he wants to hit every single one sure uh, like the the penalties. And, keep it, keep right. in mind, this is a regular season game, so a lot of guys, even in the NFL, officials like that guy might get demoted, and he may never see the light of day when it comes to playoff games. So we also have payback calls and payback games. Oh, that happens. I mean, that happens. It, 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 the the playoffs are a completely different season. Yeah. So compared uh, to the regular season, we got. Big general here says, "Oh, don't blame the refs. They're not making things up. Never. Why would they? Right. Right. They would never that do goes such along a with thing. My, my naive theory long. of if you're a wrestling fan thinking that it's real, you know, they're they're. I'm not saying every game is scripted, but referees can dictate play plays to play to get the outcome that they're looking for. It could you know, actually help. It could the help. NFL wants certain outcomes. Yeah, it could help the Chiefs in the end because the officials Good. are going to look at that and be like, oh my gosh, they got robbed.'" Now we have to help the Chiefs when, when the playoff season comes. I mean, you know, I, I didn't just say that, but I actually did. It's the NFL's so world. We're just living it. in it. They can they can find ways to structure games, and obviously that's why the referees are not held accountable. You never hear about them getting fined and so on. I mean, the referee or they get hated on by coaches and players and fans, but the NFL will never go out and fine referees for poor calls and such so on. We saw um, back in 2017, I believe it was, Tanner. Um, actually, we had the playoff game, Chiefs and Titans where that referee retired the day after that playoff game because he did such a poor job in that game of officiating. He retired the very next day. And that was on the, that was the day where Derek Johnson got a sack on Mariota, and Mariota fumbled, Chiefs recovered, Chiefs were about to win the game after that, and then the referee blew the play dead and said it was uh, forward, progress. forward progress. Forward progress. And it was just literally a simple sack and fumble. That's all uh, it was. I mean, and then he retired. So he wasn't going to get fined for bad bad calls. He was just going to retire and walk away. Um, so, uh, anyways, guys, I wanted to make sure we got our thoughts out there. Jason, I appreciate your thoughts there. That was that was good to hear some of your input on that. So, uh, our buddy who joined us uh, during the Chiefs and Chargers game, AC, actually wanted to hear a little bit about some of our offensive line input about this game they had. So, all referees aside, guys, we're done with that for now. Let's talk about the impact now of – Orlando Brown Jr., I don't know how significant his injury is right now. It didn't and sound Lucas, significant. From Lucas Nyang is now going to be out for the year and probably yes. from how bad the injury is going into next year Gosh, as well. So, so unfortunate. The offensive line we saw that moved into place 
was Joe Tooney went to left guard. Nick Allegretti went to or Joe Tooney went to left, left tackle. tackle. Nick Allegretti went to left guard. And so the thing was though the the additions and drafting and veterans we had to this team throughout the offseason really really stepped up and made made the plays and made transitions. We saw the flexibility of Joe Tooney for the Chiefs and what he means to this team. So the fact he can go from left guard, slide out to left tackle and do a great job anyways shows you know, awesome job by Veach to go out and get some of these guys. So we're hoping Brown can come back and get involved once again for the playoff run. But really, some of these guys are stepping up. Andrew Wiley looks really good still. Obviously, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith look great. So, so. Uh, Orlando Brown was a full gro- full go on practice. So good. That, that's good news. Very good news. So that means besides, uh, obviously, you know, Lucas Nyang, the whole offensive line will be back to normal. Two will go back to left guard. Brown should be a left tackle and so on. So that's what we want to see because when the playoff time comes around, we don't want to see Mahomes running for 496 yards behind the, behind the line of scrimmage we, like he did against the Bucks. We don't need to see yeah, what we saw in the playoffs of last year in the Super Bowl. So right. it was a regular season game. Bengals don't really – like you, we talked about earlier, the Bengals don't really have a defense. I'm not too worried about it. I thought it was just great the fact that they were able to plug and play certain guys and just see, how it happens, see what happens. It's kind of a good test of what's our depth like. And Kyle Lawn still hasn't even played yet. Right. right. Andy we Reed, see the field. Andy Reid made a comment this week during a press conference talking about we still have veterans on this team who haven't really gotten to have a chance to show out yet. So Kyle Long still has a chance to at some point in this year in this so, year's I mean, playoffs we, come we in. We still got healthiness because last year we struggled all all year with the line interchanging the entire time because everybody was hurt. This year, Orlando Brown was our first injury on the on the line outside of the right tackle with Wiley and the A. I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the, the fact that they uh, they are interchangeable. And, you know, Joe Tooney was quoted as saying, I'll play wherever, like he doesn't care. I love the fact that they are able to rotate these guys. Um, when I first heard about Orlando Brown Jr.'s injury, it really bothered me because it was a calf injury. I was like, oh, great, soft tissue injury. How long is this going to drag out? I mean, I, I like the fact that he practiced – I'm thankful that they held him out of that last game, but I, I would err on the side of caution here. And, you know, if they feel the need that they want to hold him out uh, against the Broncos, I would definitely do that because uh, we're, we're going to need him for the playoffs. And so uh, I'm glad that the offensive line was able to do what they did and, and just kind of mm-hmm. be able to be, you know, so uh, available to rotate the way yeah. that they did. But, um, you know, I hope that they can – hold out Orlando Brown Jr. potentially if he's not 100%. I think, um, you know, that, that's – but they, they look great. I mean, yeah. in the game itself, I mean, the offensive line looked great. Couldn't really tell there was a miss. So. And going forward, I heard some people talking on 16 Radio today about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and kind of his future usage with the team. And people really enjoyed – you know, Darrell Williams is one of my favorite players on this team because he does everything right. He's not the breakaway guy that's going to run for 50 yards. But he's strong as hell. He'll break tackles. He has great hands, and he'll pick up five, six, seven yards consistently. And I'll take that all day long. I'm happy about Darrell Williams. He just does everything right. Where Clyde, you know, is a guy where, you know, we're trying to figure out exactly how valuable he's going to be to this team. People are talking on the radio how maybe they just want him to be kind of a third down back. You know, use his usage come down. Just leave Darrell as your main starter, even once Clyde is back from his injury. And so. I think that's something the Chiefs should consider at the moment uh, because is ride the hot hand, ride the guy who's being productive, giving you everything, every play, and hardly ever gets stopped in the backfield. You want a fun fact for, for uh, Daryl here? So Nick Sh- uh, Schwartz uh, just uh, tweeted. He said, Chiefs running back Daryl Williams had 422 receiving yards this year, seventh most among NFL running backs. He is the only people above him, Kamara, D. Swift, Harris, Fournette, Patterson, Eckler. So he's in the company with those guys as well. Yeah, I mean, the guy, like I said, you wouldn't think a guy like him would be as productive in the receiving game as he is because he's a big, thick-bodied kind of a guy, kind of a bruising back. But he's doing his job. I don't know. I, f- I feel like when Clyde and, and they're, they're in, I feel like they're being used appropriately. I, I really do. I think Clyde should still get maybe the first – I still think the first, second – and use Daryl as your third down guy, your second down, third down guy, fourth down guy, or in the passing game. I think you continue to use him as you're using him when Clyde is healthy. 
Yeah, I love Daryl. And for me, they should be the 1A and the 1B. I don't care who's the A and the B. They they should be the 1A and 1B the rest of the way. Yep. Any thoughts about the Broncos game coming up? Chiefs still have the number one seed open to them as long as the Titans take a loss, of course. But, um, the, I mean, Denver now, the Chiefs have won, like, what is it, 11 in a row against the Broncos. I thought – I mean, it could 11, be more. I've I lost, think it's 13. I've lost track at this point. I know what day it was. Uh, that it happened, but I don't really remember how many. It was it was September fifteenth of two thousand and sixteen or two thousand fifteen. Excuse me, was the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs, and that was on a very fluky last play of the game yeah, by Jamal Charles. Thirteen, thirteen. Oh, sorry, it was twelve. I think this will be the thirteenth. Thirteen in a row after this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, I want to keep the streak going and all that. Drew Locke will be starting. Teddy Bridgewater is out for the year with an injury, and so. The last time Drew Locke came to Arrowhead, I mean, it was pretty ugly. Or, or, you know, obviously we're going to, to Denver here, but uh, it's pretty ugly. Drew Locke's not had success yet against Kansas City, and so I'm expecting some more of the same, and I think the Chiefs should be ready to roll and expect a wild card game coming up a week after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Drew Locke, he uh, got banged up as well last week, so I'm not expecting anything major from him, uh, just with Teddy going to IR. So yeah. I'm, I'm contain the run game, you're, you're fine. Yeah, Drew Locke, he took a, a hit to the right throwing shoulder last week. So he has been limited this week, but he's actually questionable. Now, they do think that he's going to give it a go, but, like, does it really matter? Because Drew Locke sucks. Like, that's the bottom line. It doesn't matter if he plays. It, don't it might be better if he doesn't play. That's how bad he sucks. But, I mean, you know, the Chiefs have to take this game seriously Correct. and get the job done. This needs to be a confidence booster going into the playoffs. You got to just – Figure out the last bit of things left before you start hitting the playoffs. So it's yeah. what it's used for. That's again, once again, the Broncos are used for a confidence booster for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Last time Patrick played the Broncos in the last week of the season was his very first game in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And that was in Denver. And it was a beautiful comeback victory. And we all saw that. So um, I'm expecting the Chiefs to go out there and need a win. Yep. Uh, Jason, you want some NBA talk for a minute? We got actually about 10 minutes. If well, we're lucky. Okay. If we're lucky. Let, let, we're let lucky. us have it. I want to know what your thoughts are going forward with some of these returning stars in the NBA. Let's get it cracking. So we've got a couple of guys returning soon and another guy that might be returning after the All-Star break. So I want to start with um, some of these NBA players that will be returning, how it's going to impact their respective teams and how it's going to um, affect the, the landscape of the NBA going forward as we look forward to the playoffs. So first guy I want to talk about is Kyrie Irving. So he did return tonight against the Pacers. Nets actually won that game 129-121. Kyrie was 9 of 17. That's not a bad uh, field goal percentage That's the first game good. back. Yeah. Uh, 22 points, 3 rebounds, and 4 assists. KD blew up. He had 39 points. Um, so for me, I mean, is it is it going to hurt the Nets or is it going to help the Nets? Because we know he's only going to be playing in road games. So he's not allowed to play in the state of New York or in San Francisco. Or Canada, right? Toronto. And when I look at the play-in situation in the NBA, Eastern Conference, the New York Knicks are currently the 11th seed. They could easily make it into that. Uh, play-in tournament and they could go up against the Nets in the first round and so that would be an issue not to mention the fact that you know we all think the Nets are championship bound are going to make to the finals Uh, guess who they're going to play Golden State Warriors most likely Golden State Warriors are the favorite right now to come out of the West so you have a scenario where Kyrie might not be able to play in road games in the first round and or the final series. Um, And so basically for me, I love the fact that he's coming back. I think it's going to help the Nets in the limited amount of time that we have in the regular season, but it's also going to help them in the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. It's going to help them even on those road games because even if he's not playing at home, for the Nets, I mean, it's always tough. If you're trying to win a championship in the NBA, those are the toughest games is when you're going on the road. And so I, I do think that Kyrie can help them 
But I mean, for me, ideally, I think it would be better if he would come off the bench because I mean, you're worried about chemistry with him, KD and Harden. They only played 14 games together last year. I mean, you know, that's going to be an insult to him if somebody ever asks him to come off the bench. So it's probably not going to happen, but I mean, do you guys think this is going to help the Nets or hurt them ultimately? I don't know if it makes much of a difference right now, but the thing is for me, you know, Kyrie's going to play away games, correct? Is that what I understand? Uh-huh. Just the away games. And they've only lost three away games so far this season, as I, as I understand as well. And so, I mean, obviously they, they felt like for a moment there they were scrambling and he's going to come back and play, you know, sparingly, obviously. I don't know if it really helps or hurts the team. I think, as you said, him coming off the bench might be the better way to go about it for now. Uh, but I do uh, enjoy the fact that he stuck to his guns and they are the ones that ended up begging him back. Yeah, so uh, field goals made this year. Kevin Durant, of course, leads at 10, 10.8 per game, right? Field goals made. Kyrie, last year, was 10.2 by himself. Lee's led the team, right? So that's going to be a help there. Uh, assist, he also led the team last year. And that's going to help it uh, with uh, no, sorry, he didn't lead the team last year, but he had six assists per game, which is still helpful versus what they got now at, I mean, of course it's sample size, but 1.4 assists, no, that's steel, sorry. 9.9 is Harden, 5.7 Durant. So you're still missing a good chunk right there with that six assists per game. And just being distributed, and then of course, defense-wise, steals. We all know he can play defense out like crazy. He led the team last year with 1.4, and right now you're sitting at uh, 1.4 for James Harden, who's you know hasn't played. Bruce Bowen, the for our uh, Bruce Brown, sorry, Bruce Brown, the former K-State guy, uh, sitting at 1.2. So yeah, he's going to help not only on the defensive side. He might even groom Brown even better uh, if he's able to play with him. 1.2 could or 1.3 could or 1.2 could turn into 1.5 with Brown if you have Kyrie sitting right there too. So that's double force on the backside there. So I don't know. I th- I think I think Kyrie will actually be a pretty good force for this team, and it's something that they will need, especially going on to the hard part of the year where they need to make that playoff push for the seeds. Yeah, for me, uh, Kyrie can only help and not hurt the Nets, but it's, it's going to make for an interesting scenario if they end up playing the Warriors in the finals with Kyrie only playing like a a couple of road games, but that could actually impact the finals. It could. I mean, it, that, that's just like a bizarre ending to the season if it happens. But uh, Tanner, do you have a guy that you want to talk about real quick? Yeah. As soon as my computer boots back up. Oh, wow. As soon as who who is on your list? Do you have AD Clay Thompson's? I got, I got, I got both Um, of them. So who do you got? I mean, do you have somebody you want to turn on? Not necessarily, but Clay Thompson coming back to me also, obviously been injured for a couple of years. And so his return to the team, you're talking about the best defense in the entire league, right? Uh, I don't know if he's going to make much of an impact one way or the other. I mean, are they going to get much better from where they're currently at because of Clay Thompson? I don't really see it that way. They already have a, obviously a great offense. So I just don't know if he's going to make much of an impact right away, but I think long-term, maybe as the season progresses into, you know, May and June, then you could see him his role really expand on the team as he's showing out and fully healthy and everything. Yeah, here's the thing about Clay Thompson that I want to point out first and foremost is that the Warriors don't need him, dude. Like if you look at the current odds, yeah, the Warriors are plus four fifty, the Nets are plus two fifty. Um, but for me personally, the Warriors should be the favorite right now. And they don't need Clay Thompson. No. But if you throw Clay Thompson into the mix, I mean, I heard in scrimmage the other day, he shot 50% of the field from the field. He hit 24 three-pointers in a row in practice. And uh, we're talking about practice? Uh, but the the Warriors, to me, are the best team in the league right now without Clay Thompson, who is coming back from a torn ACL. And I think the lateral movement, you know, we all know Clay Thompson as being an elite defender. It's going to take him a little bit of time to get that lateral movement back. But when we're talking about making threes and shooting, dude, he's a part of the Splash Brothers. That's like riding a bike. So the NBA as a whole is going to be in a world of hurt when he comes back on January 9th, as Adrian Wojnarowski has reported. He's going to be back on January 9th versus the Cavs. And so, like, dude, I thought this thing was over before Clay. 
if Clay is like 75 to 80 percent of himself, dude, this thing's over. Just give him the trophy right now. As I told my buddy Bruce today, it's gonna be like a cheat code just coming in. You might as well mm-hmm. just quit the season. I think it's a little bit of both. Like Jace made a point; they don't need him, but adding him to the mix is He's not gonna, gonna hurt anything. No. So, but I mean, if you look at two three points per uh, three point field goals made per game, they're sitting at five point three for Steph, and then two point seven for Jordan Poole's the next one down. When in 2018 through 2019, Clay was sitting at 3.1 threes a game. So, I mean, you're going to get that all that back. But on top of that, you're going to get a, a guy who can steal with 1.1 steals in 2018 per game. So you're going to get a guy that's be able to play defense, which is kind of what they need as well to continue on that. And then points per game alone, Clay was 21.5 points per game in 2018. Like, you're, you're sitting here going to have – uh, right now, you have Steph with 27. Wiggins is the next one down with 19. You're going to get that much point production back on this team to have Clay Thompson come back. It is practically like a Madden cheat code or an NBA 2K cheat code. It's going to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who else do you have, Tanner? All right, we got Anthony Davis, guys, with the Lakers. Um, I didn't quite catch. Did is he returning? I didn't quite catch that. Soon. He, he's not coming back it's, anytime soon. Is so. it like probably a month away, right? February, I think. We said all-star break, right? Well, I, yeah. I'm guessing that they're probably going to play it safe and hold him back until after the all-star break. Now, this was kind of a freak injury. So we all think his AD is being an injured bum. Oh, my gosh. He gets injured every oh, year. I mean. This was a freak injury where somebody actually barreled into his knee. Yeah. And I think it was like a, an MCL sprain. So it wasn't a tear, but it was a sprain. But um, what are you guys' thoughts as far as him coming back after the All-Star break? Is that really going to impact the Lakers? or? Yeah, so when he comes back, rebounds, total rebounds is going to improve because that's where they're really hurting. Assist per game. AD moves the ball around the court and his blocks. Uh he, he leads the team 1.6 in blocks uh, last year. And he, I think he's so far leading it this year as well. So, like, when AD comes back, it's not just an offensive production they're going to get back. They're going to get the defensive side of production going back. And as long as you have LeBron sitting out here doing his thing 30 points per game uh, the last, I think, week now, uh, if he continues to do that and you get AD back and you have him, you know, do the defensive side of the ball that you need him to do, I mean, this Lakers team could make a comeback into the uh, more of a mix of the playoffs. So it could be a middle seed by the end of the year. But it depends all when AD comes back because you need that defense to be able to do stuff. Yeah. What do you think about the Lakers, Mike? Yeah, is that, that going to make a difference? They're 20 and 19 right now. They do have a three game win streak, which is great. But uh, I think that that's going to make a slight difference on the team because right now I think they're trying to figure out the chemistry, get down on point. This will be a team that ends up at the end of the day above 500 on the record scale. Uh, I just can't guarantee that they're going to be anything productive in the playoffs. Just the old team that they have running there, I don't really see them necessarily going out and uh, dominating even with the return of AD. Yeah, so for me, I mean, with the Lakers, they like you said, they won three consecutive games, and that's actually been with LeBron James. I don't know if you guys noticed, he's playing the five spot now. Now, I don't know how that's going to work when AD comes back, although I will say that Westbrook – has played better yes. over the last couple games. He actually had his first turnover-free game since 2016. That's big, dude. He <laughs> was 19-7-2 and last night. Maybe he listens to us media hacks this is a that are complaining. Guy. We're just complaining about his turnovers, so he finally didn't have any turnovers. But he was 7-19, of 19, which is not – that's not a good shooting percentage last night. But, I mean, I think the biggest question for the Lakers is – does Westbrook have it in him to be a true point guard, a true distributor? And I think when you've got LeBron on the team, basically as the coach and the general manager, I think that's possible. We all think that like Westbrook is a nervous wreck. He's not going to be able to refine his game. He's not going to be able to change his ways. But I think there's a chance, especially when AD comes back, you could actually see LeBron James playing the four, AD at the five, and Westbrook being at the point guard, but I think it's between now and the all-star break where Westbrook has to figure out a way to figure it out, mm-hmm. like, and, and mm-hmm. be able to let LeBron trust him. Like LeBron obviously trusts the guy, but I think Westbrook is still trying to prove himself 
to the team. And I, I actually believe in Westbrook, not as a shooter, but as a, a guy facilitator. who can run the offense yeah. and it, they, they have no other choice. Like, but when AD comes back, it's going to be interesting to see, do they leave LeBron like maybe as the power forward or do they maybe start making him the point forward? So that'll be interesting to watch as we go forward. So, but that's, that's all we got for the NBA. Yeah. So it's like the camera's dying too, guys. So right in time, right, <laughs> right on time. Oh, they as well as they're listening, uh, give us a follow here on you subscribe as well on YouTube and check us out as well on Spotify. My favorite platform as a matter of fact. So, uh, those out there listening, I'll see y'all on the next one. We out. See you guys. Camera's dead.